On this episode of the AW360 Podcast, I'll be speaking with Jenny Sagstrom, CEO and founder of B2B creative agency Skona. Jenny and I discussed Skona's distinctly Swedish perspective on advertising and creative, the challenges posed by working during the pandemic, and how Skona works to help those in the San Francisco area challenged with hunger and homelessness during the holidays. I hope you enjoy this episode. Jenny Sagstrom, welcome to the AW360 podcast. Pleased to have you today. Thank you. Great to be here. You are with Skona, who has offices in both Sweden and in San Francisco. Is that right? That's correct. We actually started here in San Francisco, but opened an office in Stockholm, Sweden a few years ago. Excellent. And tell me a little bit about Skona. We are a creative agency uh, focusing on the B2B market and with that specifically on the technology uh, industry. So we work with a lot of startups and a lot of uh, tech companies in the Valley. And in doing so, we realized that what we do here in, in the Silicon Valley, which is helping these companies scale fast, grow fast, is something that is actually applicable and in great need across EMEA, but specifically in the Nordics. What we saw in the Nordics is we have a lot of really great technology and a lot of really great companies, but perhaps not the same approach to marketing that we do here in the U.S. and and in the Silicon Valley specifically. So we saw that as an opportunity to kind of open and and bring that that methodology, I'm going to call it, to, to the European market. Yeah, I think so often we sort of inadvertently credit a lot of the companies out of Silicon Valley as being these all-knowing, all-powerful, great self-contained companies that really don't need outside work with the exception of things like marketing and advertising. What sort of skills and stories and and experiences do do you bring to them? Yeah, I think, well, there's obviously a a big difference between, you know, there's different types of, uh, of startups and different types of tech companies. I think most people think of Silicon Valley and they think of the established companies like your Googles and your Facebook and, and Amazon, perhaps those, those ones and Apple that we see in the news each and every day. But in addition to those more consumer facing companies, there's a plethora of other companies that are helping other businesses across the world get to the cloud faster. And those types of companies tend to be our clients where they are more focused on B2B, they're more focused on telling a story around helping uh, helping other people with their business problems. And I think what most of those companies have is really great products, really great technology, but perhaps not the storytelling, perhaps not the brand building. Um, and and uh, that is where vendors or, or partners like Skona comes in and that we can help them figure out how to, how to talk to their audiences in a way that isn't necessarily just focused on what we call speeds and feeds and, you know, how, how, how fast their technical details kind of come across. So it, it's more of a kind of helping them lift that organization. The same as people do in all advertising areas. Uh, where we help tell that story, but but in our specific niche, it's so very technical that it's sometimes hard to you know get out of that navel gazing. And I think that's what working with vendors like Skona can help them with. How do you tell that story? A lot of technology is very much mired in things like technical specifications and all manner of data and things that for most people, even in a B two B scenario, 
they don't necessarily understand what they're looking at, even if it's a product that could significantly help them in their business. How do you sort of bridge that gap? Yeah, and I, I think that is the key differentiator we're seeing today in 2021 versus when we first started in the B2B tech world, which is about 15 years ago, is that traditionally B2B advertising and specifically technology has focused on what we're talking about here, right? But a few years ago, we started to turn that equation around and we started to think about the audience first. What type of problems do they have at work? Uh, what, what type of actual business outcomes are our are, are clients helping them achieve? achieve? Sorry. So it, we were able to turn it around more focusing on, on the business outcomes in a way that I don't think has ever been done before in B2B. Um, so that's how we're getting away from it. And in some ways, that's applying and utilizing a traditional consumer approach. I think on the consumer side, we always start with the audience first. Who are we selling to and what are their issues? What are their needs? That's not how we used to do it on the B2B side. On the B2B side, we started, like you're saying, the technical specifications. But if you don't even, if we can't even assure our audience that we understand their problem, they're not going to care about tech, those technical specifications. So that's where I've seen a shift in the B2B landscape. That's where I've seen a shift on agencies to, you know, focusing more on helping uh, helping solve our clients' problems, our business problems, as opposed to talking about, you know, what what the what the power of something is, or you know, specific technical details. One of the things that you use how as being a, sort of a Scona mantra is a Swedish perspective with Silicon Valley expertise, which is a line I love because I'm, well, I'm not directly Swedish. I'm mostly Swedish, but was born in America to um, you know, Swedish relatives. But I love the idea of a Swedish perspective because who wouldn't? What, what does that mean to Skona when you say that? What, what does that mean to you know, clients and internally both? Yeah, I think the biggest and this, you know, the biggest impact for me was coming to the U.S. Uh, it was, let's see here, 99, uh, starting to work in agencies. I'd only worked in Sweden before that where Teams were small. There wasn't a lot of hierarchy. And then I landed in agencies here where there was a lot of hierarchy. And uh, as a result, it took a very long time to create campaigns, ideas, and so forth. And I noticed how teams could spend sometimes months developing something to then internally present it to an ECD, and it was all shot down. And I thought, this is such a crazy way to work. And so honestly, when I first started SCONA, the idea was to scale back on all of that hierarchy to create, a, create a, an environment where you recognize that the best idea could come from the unlikeliest of sources and have that you know, open listening. And I think it sounds kind of cliche to say no egos, but for us, it really was true. Like leave that ego at the door and, and you know, let's be open with how we work with one another. I sometimes joke and say that I wanted to establish a social democratic outpost, outpost <laughs> in the form of an ad agency in San Francisco. And I think, you know, I can't say that I've necessarily accomplished that, but to some extent, I think I do. I think we have, we have that ability. We don't have a lot of ego. So that that's definitely something that sits true for us. And that also goes in how we work with our clients. It's uh, very straight. It's very honest. We have very real conversations. So I think that the Swedish mantra definitely comes through in all of that. But then, of course, there's also, you know, the Swedish um, 
aesthetic you know the the functional design is something that is important to me and helps i think drive what what we're producing for our clients uh, I guess we land at a hybrid because we are in the Silicon Valley. And so, you know, the Swedish minimalistic aesthetic doesn't always, you know, work as well in, in, in our society here. But I think we're seeing more of a meeting in the middle there somewhere. Well, I'll tell you, as a fan of the Swedish aesthetic, naturally, I beg of you, please keep pushing because we can get there. <laughs> yeah. And if America needs anything, it's far more minimalism for sure. Yeah. And, and do you find as an extension of that, that the work benefits? I mean, to think that there's less hierarchy, there's fewer cooks in the kitchen, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You would think then that there's more focus and as a result, better work. I think so. Uh, I think that's why we've been able to have an impact uh, in, in our chosen niche. You know, I think that maybe I can't speak for the entire advertising industry, but in our chosen niche of B2B and specifically tech focused, I think we've had an impact of improving the work. Uh, I think that we've come up with concepts such as brand gen, uh, which helps kind of create brand awareness campaigns that also in, in, in instills some of that lead gen components has been a big difference. When we first started working in the industry, I, you know, we were seeing mostly campaigns around white papers and eBooks and very factually based. And I think we have gotten to a place today where most of our clients are expecting us to help them tell the story and lift the entire brand as a consequence. And I think, you know, I can't, I don't want to say that it's all SCONA, but I think we've had an impact. And I think the way we approach marketing and advertising in the B2B world is, is, is starting to be felt across you know, all of our clients and, and the industry as a whole. And how, you know, obviously it goes, almost goes without saying, I, I would think, even though I'm going to say it anyway, for context, you know, the, the past year and a half to almost two years now have been just completely off the board different than anything we've ever experienced, you know, as, as a society, as people, as an industry, you know, every possible thing you could throw in there. How was going to affected and, and what sort of lessons did you learn, you know, kind of coming out the other side? Um, I think we were affected like everybody else and, you know, the whole working from home situation. Um, after, you know, the first few months, the first maybe four to six months were shaky and nobody really knew what was going to happen. Uh, but since then, our clients came to realize that their businesses were doing better than ever. As I think I mentioned earlier, uh, most of our clients help other businesses get to the cloud, which all of a sudden became the prime focus for businesses across America and across the world. So all of a sudden, our clients were busier than ever, which in effect uh, led to us being busier than ever. So from a from that perspective, I think it's been okay. I think my team has been amazing. Um, my concern today is is how do we how do I stop how do we stop people from working too much to be honest um, and that's always been one of the things with Scona it's, you know we have we have a lot of parents we have a lot of moms we've always focused on having a good work life balance and all of a sudden all of this is blending together and I think that I worry a lot about how many hours my team is working. Um, I worry that, yes, our productivity is really good, and that's great, and I should be happy about that, but I also worry about them personally, about putting too many hours in, about the ability to make the day end uh, and go and do something else because work is always there. You know, the long-term implications of a potential burnout, I worry, you know, and I also, it's so, for me, that what we've learned coming out of it is, 
this whole like, yeah, we can do our jobs from home. But perhaps we also need to figure out how to get people back to the office a little bit, because I think that we don't all realize that we are able to differentiate between work and private life when we're in a setting that's outside of our homes. And I, I think I'm struggling with the fact that I don't want to push people. I don't want to force anybody to do that. Uh, be, but because I don't want, you know, it's the whole commute on one end versus private life. So I'm rambling a little bit, but I realize this is, you know, this is my top issue right now is how do I, how do I make sure that my people aren't working in that working too much? It's crazy right now. Right. Yeah. You know, it's funny. You mentioned it. I actually had been away from my team since February or March of 2020, I had not seen anybody in person. And the New York office and the London office, they're slowly getting back together and kind of coming in a couple of days a week. But we had a leadership offsite meeting you know, just this past week for a couple of days. And so I flew out to Florida and we had a you know small get together with about eight or nine of us. I think it all was said and done. And it was strange. I was actually dreading it in a way, dreading going because it had been right. so long since I'd seen anybody. And there was no real reason to dread it. It was just kind of, you know, Hey, I'm doing my job. I'm remote. It's great. You know, and you get there and I came out of it feeling much more relaxed than, mm-hmm. you know, not just about the trip itself, but about work in general and found myself actually yeah kind of getting back to just in, you know, the Friday and today of, you know, this is my old schedule. This is what I do. And this is, you know, the pace in which I do it. So, you know, I'm with you. It's, it's really tough to get people to just stop because the compulsion to squeeze in a few more things is, you know, it's great for productivity, but for mental health and all health, all it's, of it's, those things. yeah, it's terrible. And I think also the other thing is that I, I think that without having that face-to-face interaction, work becomes transactional and you know that's I think at least not what I what my dream was when I started my own business that was to create a place where people were part of something bigger and we had joint uh, dreams and we worked together and we supported one another and it's hard to maintain that I think when it when you are getting into that transactional kind of you know you you do what you're supposed to do and you keep doing it because there's always going to be more to do but it's, I don't, I don't know that it's a tough one, that one. Well, oh, that's back to your, your Swedish mantra there. See, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's where that comes from. Um, one of the uh, things coming up here as, you know, we kind of look at the calendar head, the holiday season is coming up. Giving Tuesday is coming up here on the 30th November. And you guys have launched two new campaigns, as I understand it. One with Second Harvest Food Bank in Silicon Valley and one with San Francisco Marin Food Bank. Tell me a little bit about those. Yeah, so those are campaigns coming into the holidays, uh, promoting giving, of course. Uh, SCONA, as we became more and more mired into the tech world, into B2B, uh, we we actually focused a little more on, um, on pro bono work and on helping our community. I think initially it started perhaps a little more selfishly. We thought, you know, we wanted some creative freedom. We wanted to work on something that was perhaps uh, a different level of creativity than we can work in the very blue tech B2B world. Uh, So we started doing it from that perspective, but it quickly grew into something that's been much more important. Uh, So San Francisco as a city is probably the richest in the world. And pre-pandemic, we had 20% of our population that was food insecure, which meant that they didn't actually know where they were going to get their next meal from. So we've been working with the San Francisco Marine Food Bank, I think, for seven years at this point, helping them reach uh, audiences, uh, increase donations, 
basically reach a higher level of awareness of what a problem this is. And the same goes for San Jose. Again, you know, in the middle of Silicon Valley, where companies are humongous, there's also such a discrepancy between the haves and the have-nots. So for us, being able to help such important organizations have been, you know, it, 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 it makes us feel really good. Selling virtualization software is perhaps, you know, intellectually challenging and interesting, but helping, you know, people figure out where they're going to get their next meal from uh, makes you feel like you're putting your talents to good for a greater use. And that's been, I think, something that we, we've all really enjoyed and work that we're really proud of. Amazing. And where can we, we see this work? Uh, you can see it all around uh, Silicon Valley and all around San Francisco, and you can go to their website, sfmfd.org, and the Silicon Valley um, uh, Second Harvest Food Bank to check out and donate even, you know, help, help put your funds to good use. Excellent. Well, it's just great that you're you're using your team for such great work. That's good to hear, especially this time of year, and especially just coming out of the pandemic and people with such hard lives already that it's it's a little unreal out there. Where I am is uh, suffering quite a bit. So, you know, I feel you there. And Jenny, I thank you very much for taking the time to talk to me today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Likewise, appreciate it. It was fun. Have a great Thanksgiving. Thank you for listening. For more content from Advertising Week, the world's largest global event and content platform for the advertising, marketing, and technology industries, visit www.advertisingweek.com.